Today's episode of Better Call Saul is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com has the greatest products for looking good. They have all the geeky stuff. Man, if you want like a Star Wars tie pin, you want some Cufflinks that have the Captain America shield, Game of Thrones, all the sports teams, college sports teams, they have everything to add that little touch to make you look great. So look awesome when you step out the door tomorrow. Go to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20 today. Welcome back to Daily DVR. Got a special show for you today. Everyone's a special show, isn't it? You can check us out at dvrpodcast.com. Of course, send us an email at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. We love those emails. Give us a review on iTunes. Become a patron, patreon.com slash dvr. We need some new patrons. Come on. Come on, people. Join us. Become a patron. Support the show. And thank you to each and every one of the patrons out there for supporting us and our podcasting endeavors, which are about to skyrocket. And uh, Westworld's coming back, just talking to Andy about doing a show. Justin, we're going to have a great time. Jenny, too. Jenny says, I got my HBO back. I'm ready to Westworld it up, baby. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But today I'm going to talk about something totally different. Obviously, we've been covering... The best show on television, Better Call Saul. And uh, one of the things that I have never done is a complete Breaking Bad rewatch. I would rewatch a season before the new season came out once I had caught up with the show because I did come to it late. And uh, but I came to it, I think, the third season or so. So I went back and watched, you know, all that like rewatched. I think I watched season. No, I think it was the fourth season. So I watched seasons one through three. Then I was fourth on watching it live. And then I would go back before each, but I never rewatched everything. Um, I would watch just the season before. But this time I am going to try to rewatch all of Breaking Bad before the end of Better Call Saul. And I think I am going to be able to complete that. I'm enjoying it. And I just finished season one. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. What a surprise it was to me. Um, You know, when I think of Breaking Bad, the end is so etched upon my mind, burnt like uh, the lungs of a meth head. Um... And it's hard to see past it because you know how it's going to end. You know how brutal it is. You know how the last couple seasons, the pressure is amped up. And it's almost like PDSD where you can't see what happened before. (laughs) You know, it's like a new birth in a sense. So rewatching season one, it took me a couple times to get into the groove I watched an episode I watched the first episode 3 times in endeavor just in the past couple months in an endeavor to start a rewatch for Better Call Saul. 
finally it, it, it stuck yesterday and I zipped through basically the whole season in like a day and a half. It's only seven episodes. Um, the other seasons are a little longer. What are they like 12 or 13 episodes? Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Season two is 13. Yeah. The three is 13. Four is 13. Five is the last season. So that was split up and that is 16 episodes. So five a and five B. Um, but man, now, just saying that, it's you can see how the last two seasons of 16 and 13, 29 episodes, it's almost like three seasons. Um, but uh, things I learned from this season, right off the bat. Number one, Walt breaks bad much earlier than I remembered. I, knowing what happens in the end and knowing where he goes my level of the rope I'm giving him, right, is much less. So in this season, when he kills Crazy 8, and of course this is spoilers for Breaking Bad, people. No shit. Season 1. Pretty much the whole thing, actually. Uh, <laughs> I think when it's called a rewatch, it kind of goes without saying, right, that you watch the whole fucking thing, but I don't know with these days, so I apologize. Anyway, when he kills Crazy 8, I'm like, there's one. There he is. There's the man who knocks. Um, when he just walks in and challenges fucking Tuco Salamanca uh, and wins too, right? That There he is. There's the man who knocks. And then I didn't realize that I thought Heisenberg came later. Again, my memory betrayed me. He's Heisenberg is episode six or really episode five. I think it is. I just sounded like Christopher Walken. Then is episode five. Um, that was amazing. I want to dance. Uh, I feel like we're solo to sing when I go into these little asides. Anyway, I heard it in my mind, buddy. Um, but yeah, it's early. It's way earlier than I thought the plot with, um, laying down the, the basic, the bricks of who, of who he will become as far as his past, um, with the, uh, technology company and his friend offering to pay for his cancer treatment, um, the past relationship with the um, co-owner of the company. I can't remember. I don't remember all these people's names right now. Um, the, all this stuff, and I will remember their names. They'll become more ingrained because we're going to get more into it, right? But I didn't realize that they had laid that, that down so early. So my appreciation for the show, this really is a case of, I feel most like when I, I can only compare it to like The Wire or something or, you know, like when I rewatched The Sopranos recently where I'm getting pulled in for the plot, okay? And I remember these characters and I'm in this world and Breaking Bad is not particularly a world I really enjoyed, to be honest with you, because 
it is very sad. I mean, a lot of this is Jesse's addiction and Walt has cancer and Marie's unhappy and thief and thieving and shoplifting. And, you know, I mean, and Skylar is pregnant and caught in the middle. of. I'll get to Skylar, too, but it's not a world I super enjoy. But what I what has always brought me back to this show and what sucks me into the rewatch and everything is this appreciation as a filmmaker, a writer, uh, just a creator, an artist, an appreciation for just beautiful art and the precision in which they make this show. And also though, the way in which they allow themselves to freely improv and create on the fly and you can feel both of these things happening at once and that's for me the key to creating anything it's that again the obstructions and how you navigate them uh, that really creates art and that friction and that tension of this is the plan, but hey, we get we're gonna we got this. Let's go with it. Oh my god, wait a second, that's better. Let's do this. Oh my god, this is better than the original idea was to begin with. So being able to feel that and see that on screen with Breaking Bad is something that has always brought me back to the show and what brings me into this and seeing how early Walt was Walt just gives me more confidence in knowing that they had confidence in themselves and what they were creating. And you can also tell that they were experimenting a good deal in tone and how far they could go. And the final episode and the final scene where Tuco beats the shit out of one of his buddies because he's so fucked up. He's so fucked up on the introduction, the first scene where you see the blue meth, the blue crystal, um, is an indication of where the show is going to go. They did show that earlier when Jesse uses the wrong uh, acid and it, the body starts going through the floor and everything, you know, and the stuff with Crazy Eight itself you know there's i mean obviously they were willing to push it but i think that that the violence and the joy in which tuco displays in committing that violence and it's directly because of him snorting that math and being like oh this is good shit red blue yellow pink i don't care it's so good give me more um and now they're on their way. And as I get into season two, the show's going to progress so much. And it's so funny that Jesse, Walt, Skyler, you know, they, they just the main cast is, is who the family really, you know, is really who is in uh, Hank, of course, who is in this season, right? Who, sets up the foundation of the show there of course there's no Saul we know he's not coming to what's episode eight of season two there's no Gus there's no Mike um we don't even know I don't even think we know that Tuco's 
last name is Salamanca. I don't think he's, I think he's just Tuco. Um, as far as season one goes. So you're not really even introduced to the idea that there is more Salamancas or do we see any of them? No, nothing like that. It's really about Walt and Jesse kind of being a startup <laughs> in a sense, but also the insane aggression that Walt has. It's so much more evident to me, I guess. Um, you become kind of used to it as the seasons go on, but they really did again. Kudos to them. It, it really surprised me how early that is and how aggressive Walt is and how he just, the lines that they use, you know, when, um, when he is, um, fingering Skyler during the school meeting about his supplies being stolen. And I totally forgot about Hank being involved in that. It was that early that he was that close to getting caught and he still kept on going, you know, like that Hank knew that he had to admit stuff was stolen. And then the freaking his friend, the guard who had helped him and been like, you're sick, sir, gets fired because of him and he just keeps on going, you know. Um, I, I had forgotten really, it's so great to rewatch this show and see how early they really laid down everything. And also as far as, um, better call Saul goes, this stuff with crazy eight, just little things, you know, and then seeing him in better call Saul, there's also like missed opportunities, um, to like name things like Jesse says that he always hangs out at this other mech, not Los Paulos, right? Instead, he says some other Mexican restaurant or something like some taco palace or something. So it's like you're kind of like, oh, gosh, they could George Lucas this thing and <laughs> go back <laughs> and find an alternate like ed like edit it. So his face is turned and then have him say that real quick, you know, or just make a separate cut. But there's just little things like that. And there's. Walt lighting the uh, lawyer's car on fire in the, in the, what is it like the, I think the fourth or fifth episode um, when he caught, when he's kind of becoming Heisenberg, when he's feeling it um, becoming Heisenberg. And just like I said, saying things like things are better when they're illegal or having converse, having a conversation with Hank about um, just the, the rush that you can get from things like that and talking a little bit kind of his about his pot addiction or whatever, you know, which will come later, I guess, but not really his pot addiction at that point, but just his, his issues. Um, because there is some later don't, doesn't he use the cover of drug addiction at some point? I can't even remember. Uh, there's so many lies that happen in breaking bad. I'm looking forward to rediscovering it. And also you never watch something as closely the first time, you know, who knows I turned my head or half an episode. I was thinking about something else cause it was a, a bad day or a good day, or I don't remember. So it is fun to rewatch. Hey, I got to go pick up my kid. I'm going to come back. I'll just pause this and I'm back the magic of the pause button. I want to talk a little bit about Jesse because for me, 
Jesse uh, has always been the heart of Breaking Bad. And in many ways, when um, you talk about the name of the show, Breaking Bad, you're not just talking about Walt, you're talking about Jesse too. Because though Jesse was already involved in the drug game, it he really was a dabbler and more of an addict. And what the level, the... I mean, really the professionalism <laughs> that Walt brings to this situation is what elevates or uh, slipping or slips Jesse down in the same respect that Walt's head gets himself in trouble. He, of course, gets Jesse in trouble and which leads me to my main point about Jesse and the seeds of it are all through this first season too, which is the way that Jesse is continually, you know, he's a kid and he's a fuck up and he's making mistakes, but he's got a good heart and he actually does have a very good mind on him. There's several point. there's several points at which he has to correct Walt, because Walt thinks he's so damn smart and Jesse has to say, no, Walt, this is actually how it happens. You know, even uh, when it comes to how to make the meth and all that kind of stuff, there are times at which Jesse has a, uh, you know, is a bit quicker on the draw than even super brain Walt. Um, so Jesse does establish himself as not just a, uh, not just an entryway for Walt. Walt is an entryway for Jesse, right? And that makes that makes it even more subtly interesting upon the rewatch, knowing that really the crux of the show will come down to some sort of quote unquote redemption um, of Walt at the end saving Jesse. And then we get El Camino, which I'll watch too. I can't wait to rewatch that. I said to myself, I'm not going to rewatch this until I rewatch all the Breaking Bad. So this is just for El Camino. Um, so that makes it interesting too. And also what sets the tone is the cruelty that Walt displays in dealing with Jesse and particularly how cruel he is directly to Jesse how he how his life is always on the back burner to Walt's. Walt is always more important, right? And it's not just the cancer, it's everything. Right? Walt is the, Walt has to be the center of attention and Jesse sees this right away. <laughs> right away, you know? He's like, Mr. White, you are not as nice as I thought you were, <laughs> you know? Or actually, I think he says you were a prick in chemistry class or something like that to him. And it just shows that um, Jesse kind of always had Walt's number, but he falls under his spell, as does Walt fall under Jesse's spell, because I, Jesse really is the heart of the show. And I am, I'm much more, I find myself much more concerned with him and the part the the one or two episodes in which they, in this season, in which they retreat from the drug game because of what happens with crazy eight, then eventually to come back to each other after Jesse 
gets kicked out of his house because his 10 or 11 year old brother was hiding a joint and the maid finds it and they think it's Jesse and there'll be more with his family. Um, but that little scene there, uh, that was real, that, well, more than a scene, that episode was really important. Um, because you see that Jesse comes from, it's maybe not a great home. There's problems there. And we'll, again, we'll find out more later and every family has their problems, but he had certain advantages is the point. And if he had found a way to take advantage of them, he wouldn't be in the situation he's in, but he has an addiction problem and it, it extends past his issues extend past straight addiction. He has issues growing up with maturity, responsibility. Um, he's obviously a depressive, has anxiety, and these are all displayed in the show. It is some of the hardest stuff. And when he kind of falls back into the meth, um, when he sees Badger, and it's funny to see Badger, <laughs> like when you see him on Better Call Saul, and these guys are so much older. But you buy it anyway, because you're like, fuck it, this is a great show. Um, but it is funny to think that they have like a life before. Uh, but Jesse and his growth and the way that he attaches his, his own growth as a person to Walt, he see, he sees this legitimacy in the drug game and that comes into play later too. I can't wait to see that again as well. I want to talk a little bit about Skylar. I never had a problem with Skylar. I know people do. Um, in later seasons, I, there's questionable decision-making. To me, in the earlier seasons, she is a woman who is pregnant. She has she and her husband are kind of older, right? They're in their, I think they're supposed to be in like their late 30s, early 40s. Um, their son is disabled, Walt Jr., of course, and he's a teenager. I mean, that paramount to anything. He's a teenage boy. Um, then her husband gets cancer and starts behaving erratically. I never had an issue with Skylar and, and in this season, I don't at all. And I never really had too much of an issue way they wrote her the way that the character was acted. I think her relationship with Marie is interesting. I like their dynamic. It is definitely, um, a B plot, you know? Uh, uh, but it's good for character building and of obviously it sets up a dynamic that becomes important to the whole arc of the show later with Hank and everything. But season one, Skylar, great acting, believing a lot of the tension comes from her too. a lot of the if you didn't have Skylar reacting to the way Walt's acting, right? And her brutal sometimes, and she, she too, there's a reason they're together because she like Walt is so brave. He walks right into Tuco's place and, um, she walks right up to Jesse and is like, who are you? Right. And coming out, you're selling my husband in the pot. <laughs> right. So they both have this ballsiness 
and almost inappropriateness about them that they they share in common, which makes them compelling characters. If they because the gloss on this show is oh, they're just these, this normal couple. But the truth is, and from this season to just rewatching this too, I feel like that's not really true. They are like kind of extraordinary and strange people and interesting people. Um, so the classic Breaking Bad is about a boring, you know, chemistry teacher. We find that that really is not true. And again, the backstory that becomes so central to what what drives Walt being fucked out of the business with his former partners is laid down here too. Um, and yeah, that's going to go crazy when he's doing it. every time I get, I start thinking about what's going to happen. Um, who else do I have to talk about? Uh, I guess that, that might be about it. I might wrap it up, but my overall feelings on these seven episodes. Uh, okay. I'll talk a little bit about Hank. Hank is hilarious. I love one of the things with Hank too is, is he, he, I love the kind of cop thing where he'll push it to a certain point, but then he'll be like, that's illegal. You know, you, you, you sounded like, <laughs> you sounded like the guys in the pen now, like he, but you never know where that point is. He creates that point. That's the thing with Hank. Right. And it's that, that was always an interesting thing about him because you don't trust him. And in later seasons, and as time goes on, even though Walt is doing so much stuff, you kind of don't want Hank to catch him, right? like, in my opinion. But then I kind of did, too. At, towards the end, I was like really happy for him. And I, and I feel like he is a hero in many ways in this show. But he still kind of creates his own line. Um, and, and that's true with everything. His attitude his casual racism, his casual sexism, but also just that he represents a certain American male uh, in and of course in law enforcement. But then otherwise, he too is just an immensely strange and weird dude. They are just a group of weird, there's a very weird family. And I think that when I was first watching this show, I kind of fell under the guise of, oh, they're just a normal. And then as it goes on, oh, the the events happen. But now knowing the events that are coming, just looking at the characters say, they're all very unique and strange from the beginning. And that really plays well into what sells what's go what's going to happen and, and how you buy the things that Walt does, because he is always very bold. There's not that Walt that he describes where oh, I just sit in the background and doing everything that really exists in a time before the show starts, because almost as soon as he finds out that he has cancer, he's a changed person and he's doing things right. And he feels driven by first this, of course, Partly true, but mostly an excuse for power that he needs to get money to save his family and help his family. 
though he rejects, who would have, what person in America today, especially in healthcare has gotten even worse, their friend comes, even their worst enemy, hey, I'm going to pay all your bills and I'm going to take care of your family and I'm going to give you a job and you don't really have to work at the job. And then not only that, but then the, uh, the, the wife called who used to, he used to be with, she calls too and backs it up again. And he refuses again. He has these opportunities and Hank and Marie too. They're always there to help, uh, even though there are pains in the asses, but they are always there to help. They're always there. Um, and he turns away from it. So it's a, it's a journey that I'm on with this show and I'm comparing going back and forth um, to see in my mind of what will be and what is now, but I'm trying to stay with the what is now and just pick up on things like that. Uh, and Hank is a great character. I, 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 you, you want to hang out with them. I don't, I don't trust him. But he's interesting and compelling when he's on the screen. And the relationship between him and Walt Jr. just illustrates to the, you know, how many there's so there's so much of this show becomes about it's just like Better Call Saul is about America and about capitalism, politics, all things. I think really it 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 straddles that wire-like um, uh, in-depth analysis. But of course, this does it through these characters and, and, and this insane and sometimes implausible is one thing I, I fail to mention too. Some of the things that happen, and when you compare them to later seasons, like when Walt blows up the guy's car at the gas station, it's like the first episode of The Sopranos. It's ridiculous when Tony runs that guy down. He'd never do something like that in later seasons when he knows he's being watched all the time and who he is. And it's just like the same thing with Walt. You know, that seemed kind of out of place. But they're, they're trying to find the tone of, uh, of where the show is going to go. All right, I'm rambling a little bit now, but I think that's all the thoughts kind of off my head. I didn't even take notes. I just hit record. I want to try to do this for all of the seasons. We'll see if I have the opportunity to do that. I can break after watching each season and kind of kind of download my thoughts on the season, but I'm in for the ride so far. A little anxious because Really, of all the terrible things that Walt ends up doing and does on this show, the things he does to Jesse, I really don't really even want to watch again some of the shit, some of the ways that he betrays him, and it's just really terrible. So I'm not looking forward to that, and there's a certain, I have less of a a, a joyful glee in their rise than I did upon watching it or even while the show was happening. And I think better call Saul is really giving me that perspective too. Um, because it's so emotional in that way. And I really want Walt just to accept the handout, get out of the game, 
help Jesse out and them to be happy and not go through what they're going to go through. But then there is a part of me that's like, ah, fuck it. This is going to be an awesome ride. (laughs) And wait till we get to some of the, oh my God, man, there's so many people that haven't even come on the show yet. That's what's crazy. Um, Just imagine, I imagine a world in which it stayed that small for, you know, till the end, but that wouldn't have been breaking bad. It really, it becomes so big, the show. Uh, all right. I'm about to hit play on episode one of season two. And, uh, hopefully I will be back on the other side. Thanks for listening. DVR podcast, send us an email. I'm going to drop this on the Patreon first. And then I think maybe I'll drop them all before uh, Saul comes back. Maybe it'll be one, one big podcast. Axel's Breaking Bad rewatch. I don't know how I'll do it, but I'm just going to save this one. But the Patreon people will get this um, first-ish. Thank you. Patreon.com slash DVR. Love you, everybody. Peace out.